Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. This is Paul Arnold, your host, and by chronological order, our guest host tonight are Ernest Watts, who's hey, somewhere Sonny. over 50, right? So, so, hey, Sonny, turn up the volume. Yes, I'm 63. And then Nate Moyer, do you, you're somewhere under 40 and older than 30, right, Nate? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> I'm not going to push that too hard. And then David Arnold, who's under 30, but has two kids and another kid on the way and will probably lose his hair before long. It's at least going gray. That's for sure. Oh, uh, sorry. My legs on the ground long enough, it turns gray. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here to talk sports and we have lots of sports to talk about, even though there's not a lot of sports on TV right now. We're going to start talking about NBA and so much talk has been about the free agents, where they're going, who likes who, and the drama of everything. But when you get right down to it, if you're the GM, if you could make a choice between two players, who would you pick? And I've set it up here so each one of these guys is going to weigh in on the choice. And what I'm looking for is they're going to say who they would pick and why. And I think it's going to be interesting when push comes to shove what difficult choice they're going to make. And we'll start with chronological order once again. Ernest, you're the elder. You're the old guy. You know the most, right? Yes, if you say so. I agree. <laughs> All right. Yes, you are. The first one is sort of tough and sort of not. All right, so the other guys will prepare their talk. The first one is, would you rather take LeBron or KD Durant? Uh, LeBron, we don't know what kind of KD we're going to get after the Achilles tendon. Even, even though he's younger, uh, LeBron still <laughs> – with his with his rich Paul connection, he can bring in a lot of players to his team. Uh, again, the 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 athletic the the because of the knee situation, the Achilles tendon. Excuse me, Katie, you got to go with LeBron. All right, Nate. Is it the same one, or do I get a different? different no, same players? one. You're each weighing in on these. Well, I think based on what I've always said about LeBron James, I'd, I'd clearly say um, Durant on this one. Now, I'm assuming Durant's going to come back. I just I like Durant's. They're both kind of a little bit selfish, but I like Durant's. Um, I like he's kind of. I feel like he's more of a team player. I feel like LeBron comes in, and he kind of needs things to be run his way. He's got to pick his coach. He's got to pick his teammates. He's got to trade all these guys to get what he wants. Um, so I just I don't like that about him. I I, I think talent wise he's better, but I think uh, I, I'd pick Durant if I had to pick a team. I just I wouldn't want the headache of LeBron mm. dealing with everything else off the court in the front office. Mm. David LeBron is hard to be with hard to play with he rubs people the wrong way but he also made eight NBA finals in a row kind of being that that type of personality I don't take LeBron over KD just because I don't know that Achilles injury man like Boogie Cousins is not going to be the same player ever again Uh, Achilles injuries are so hard to come back from and for as difficult as LeBron is KD and Kyrie Irving both are so moody. I, I, I just wouldn't trust KD to keep the chemistry going or whatever. So I pick LeBron. Can I give you another example of how hey, LeBron wait, no, no, I get to weigh in on this, man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, host, host choice, quick, man. Quick story, quick story. You know Morris, who just signed with the Knicks, turned down a contract with San Antonio? Why? He was offered, he was offered a three-year contract by the Clippers. Ooh. And you know why he turned it down? Mm. His, his, his agent, his agent is, Rich is Rich Paul. Rich Paul. So, like, when you get LeBron, you get Rich Paul also. You God, AD would be the Lakers if he wasn't the Rich Paul. 
client. When is collusion not collusion? I, and I realize David's trained to be a lawyer, but you know, owners get in trouble in baseball when it looks like they've committed collusion or I, NFL. I have, I have but when do definition. all the agents and um, GMs get in trouble for collusion? I got a legal definition for you. Okay. Uh, when you are not LeBron James, that's that's that's, that's when not legal collusion. What? All right, let me weigh in on this one. I'll take KD, Kevin Durant, because I think he has so much to prove, uh, and he's got that chip on the shoulder. And LeBron's going to be so distracted by uh, living in la-la land. I just wouldn't want that. Uh, Even though I think he has a better chance of winning the title sooner, uh, I just wouldn't want that. So we'll go to our second make-a-choice one, and this time we're going to start with Nate. Nate, would you rather have Giannis or Kawhi? as your player in your team? Uh, it, I guess it depends on the length of the contract, but I guess I'd take Leonard. Um, just seeing what he did with Toronto this year. They're both, both good picks, but I think talent-wise and what Kawhi did, putting Toronto on his back, I, I'd like, I like that if I had to pick one. Uh, but that's assuming that it's not a one-year rental like Toronto had. If I had him for four years and we can manage his, uh, his health, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd want him in the playoffs. But don't you think they're pretty much very close in in talent, just not experience? I, I do, but I think I think Leonard's got the experience. He's won um, a championship with two different teams, two different coaching staffs, two different groups of guys. So I, I think he's proven to me that he's he's better. Giannis will will get there. Um, I don't know if he's going to win a championship with the Bucks, but you know he's definitely got the talent to do it. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I think the resume you put the resume side by side. I I take uh, Leonard. All right. David, what would you take? Who would you take, Giannis or Kawhi? Uh, I do love Giannis. I do love Giannis. But until he gets a three-point shot, Kawhi Leonard is the total package. And you already know with Kawhi, you're getting 50 to 60 games in the regular season. So, so you already know you just have to, to manage him up front. He's a playoff guy. He's so much different than any other player in that regard where you, you're buying him for the playoffs. You're not even getting him for the regular season. Uh, but he's a proven commodity, and Nate's right. Nate's totally right. Uh, pick the champion. I, I go Kawhi. But you, Ernest? Finished product. He's he's already what we hope Giannis will be one day. He's already finished. Like I said, he's he's already established. And let's not forget very important fact when we talk about Kawhi Leonard. He's only twenty eight. He's not even entered his prime production years. But it's not yet. the years. It's the mileage, man. We keep on talking LeBron just being worn out. Isn't Kawhi but he sat out of Yeah, but he sat out an entire I, I do year. think Kawhi has a chronic knee or leg injury that's going to prevent him from ever playing full seasons. And he's at the point where he's already won so much that he can dictate how often he'll play in the regular season. But that is the one concern. I do think even at 28, he's got an old body. Uh, something's not quite right with those legs. So you guys have pointed out already that I cannot pronounce people's names. So it's Giannis, (laughs) not Giannis. What NBA player do we make the mistake of saying their name wrong the most? I mean, Uh, I messed up Giannis. None of us want to say his last name. I'm not going to try to say that. Ante Tukupu. God bless you. I always say, what is it, Spencer Dinwiddie? Dinwiddle? I I can never remember (laughs) which one it is. I, I I always say those two. Yeah, I still I still couldn't tell you right now which one's the correct one. Yeah. Now I'm. It's like certain words like aluminum or cinnamon. It's just like you can mess them up. Or anyways, well, 
Moving on, this is not Jeopardy. Um, the next question for we'll start with David. Who would you take next year, Steph Curry or James Harden? Oh, uh, James Harden. Ah, James Harden. Yeah, James Harden. <laughs> are you sure about yeah. that? You don't feel so good. I'm not. I'm not sure. Those are the two. I would take James Harden over everyone, but maybe Steph. Just from a pure production standpoint, you'll never, ever, ever see someone so ball dominant again get so many touches and be so efficient, which also Steph is like the most efficient guy in the world as well. Uh, but I don't trust Steph's body in the same way. I don't know if I trust Kawhi's Steph, you know, he's, he's got the 30 year old, 31 year old body, which in the NBA is old, not in real life, but in the NBA, he's kind of in, in that plateau for a six foot one point guard. Who's still as skinny as he is uh, for next year. Give me James Harden. I'll ride with James. I actually really like the deal with Russell Westbrook just because I think they have a hunger and Russ has no problem letting other people take the center stage with Paul George and Kevin Durant in his path. So, so give me James Harden all day. You step go backs, with the Even beard. though that's total travel. The Harden step back is a travel. I don't care. It's against the spirit of the NBA, but that's okay. Whatever. Ernest, Next. do you think if Harden wins the championship, he'd shave his beard? No, I actually remember when he was at Arizona State when he played without the beard, when he played for uh, Bobby Hurley. He didn't uh, play for Bobby Hurley. Did Hurley. He? No, he, he didn't play with played, uh, uh, What's his name? He's the old NC State coach. Herb? His name. Uh, oh. uh, uh, it'll come it'll back. Come well, well, who would you pick, Curry or Harden? Oh, Steph in a heartbeat. I don't, I don't like ball-dominant guards. Guards that, guards that size who go inside can to break down at age pretty early. I think Steph, I think he's had enough surgery on his ankle. I think that's correct. And he also plays well with others. I think him and Thompson are just <laughs> a, a great team. I mean, who wants to play with – again, James Leonard plays such – it's such ugly basketball. It really is. It's Herb Sendek. Herb Sendek was the Herb Sendek, you're correct. The NC State coach, old NC State coach. Nice Google but, work, David. Uh, yeah, I just could remember NC State. I mean, he's it's just Houston just plays ugly ball, and I just I like I like Steph Curry. I mean, he's got three rings. Pretty good chance he's going to get a few more, at least one more. So Steph. All right, Nate. I think um, I mean I, his ankle issues concern me a little bit, but I, I think I'd go with Steph. Um, both, I mean, obviously both talented. Um, Harden just seems to be a little bit too ball dominant. Um, I don't think he gets his other players involved, or I think Steph will get you the, the, the critical three pointers near the end of the game. So, I mean, e- either one, I don't think you can go wrong with either one, but if you put them both healthy, I would say, I would say, uh, Curry. Steph does have that, that inane leadership quality that is really impossible to quantify, but you know, it when you see it, you know, everyone loves Steph, the fans love Steph, the coaches love Steph, the teammates love Steph. And he's just a leader on the court. Uh, so you're totally right in that regard there, Nate. Mm. What about you, you know, Dad? What, what about you? I'm going to go with Steph Curry for all the reasons you've said. And so far, I've tried to line these up so they're pretty close. It's a tough choice. And the next one is Russell Westbrook or D'Angelo Russell, just to have fun with the Russell name. And then we're back to Ernest on this one. Which one would you pick? D'Angelo. I think Westbrook's breaking down. There's an age factor there, I think. D'Angelo learned to play in Brooklyn. I think he got away from the harsh spotlight of L.A. Again, the youth. And, and again, guards that are under 6'4", that go inside all the time, take so much punishment. 
you just don't see them last past age 31. So, yeah, Russell. Well, we really have hung up on age 31. I've heard you all mention like 31 is like the worst age it, it's, ever. It's, well, small point guards are like running backs in the NFL. Yes, exactly. you, you, they just don't last past that age. And, and because of the fiscality in the NBA, I mean, AI, Isaiah Thomas, there's so many examples that go back. The last the other ball, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, both Isaiah Thomases for that matter. I mean, the last ball point guard, the last pass 31 was Bob Cousy. Okay. There's the old guy reference I was looking yeah, for. Yeah. Phillips. Hey Johnson you guys, Phillips. on a side That's note, what age were you when you got married? Here's a theory I have. Ernest, what age were you? I was twenty-four. All right, David. Twenty-five. All right. 25. Nate. 29, 28, 29. I was 25. I think the media, at 25 and older, guys get motivated to get married. I just, it's almost like you over the hill, you're, you're sort of concerned that if I wait too much longer, if I overpeat like a 31 year old NBA basketball player. Anyway, that's another side note. All right, let's keep going with uh, Nate Russell Westbrook or D'Angelo Russell. Well, I'm a big fan of Westy, so I, I like I like Westbrook. Um, Russell, D'Angelo Russell, I, I'm not convinced yet. Um, I think he's only had one good year, which was in Brooklyn, so I, I think I need to see a more body of work before I go all in on him. Westbrook, again, he's a ball-dominant guy, but you know I, I like what he's done this past few years. Like last year, he deferred to Paul George a lot, um, which makes him he's, – he's adapting a little bit to being a better teammate as opposed to just – getting the stats he still got his stats but i think he's he's willing to adapt so we'll see what he does in <clears throat> in houston but i believe that i would take westy westbrook i call him westy but I, I would take westbrook there you go david me and nate have talked about this before we're both massive westbrook fans i'm just going to point this out westbrook won an mvp two years ago and d'angelo russell on the other hand was an alternate cat or alternate all-star selection this past year's All Star Game for the Eastern Conference, to be to be like the 17th or 18th best basketball player in the Eastern Conference, Russell Westbrook is better than that. Just point blank. I mean that, that that's yeah. not great. D'Angelo Russell was worth max money just because of the market, because the Minnesota Timberwolves really want him. And but he's just trade bait for the Warriors. They're going to trade him middle of next year or two years from now to the Timberwolves so they can try and keep Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. And he's, I'm gonna, not, he's not it. Go I'm ahead. I'm going to go with Tell Russell me. Westbrook, too. I think this is a really good opportunity for him and Harden to prove a lot of things and have a lot of fun. And it's going to be really entertaining. I think there's going to be some great highlights come out of that. So I got two more NBA free whoa, whoa, whoa. agent. Paul, oh, can I just state one thing? Yeah. Last year, Russell Westbrook shot 62% of the free throw line. That's Andre Drummond style free throw shooting. <laughs> Can't have a point guard who shoots sixty-two percent. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! This is the same guy who likes Ben Simmons as a basketball player still. Uh, that choice is coming up. Let, let your daddy bring that choice. No, up I stayed away from Simmons. It was too easy because he can't shoot. The next okay. one is going to Nate first. Zion Williamson or Paul George? Mm. I think based solely on intrigue, I, I would say Zion. Based on honestly on nothing more than I'm just excited so to see what he's bring. Just potential. I love Paul George, uh, but I, I I'm just excited to see Zion. I think he's either be incredible or he's gonna be a bust. And I'm hope he's incredible, even though he's playing for the Pelicans. I, I 
I'm excited to see what he can do. All right, David. Paul George is a top 10 NBA player, maybe even top five when healthy. However, he's had knee issues, both his knees. He played his playoff series against the Trailblazers this year with torn labrums in both of his shoulders. Oh, man. With both of his shoulders. So he had, he's currently in an arm cast. He's had surgery on both of his shoulders this offseason, uh, stuttered by three weeks so he could rehab them at different times. But that is that is some serious injury mm-hmm. risk right there. He's he's a top five, top ten talent whenever he is healthy. But he, he's reaching thirty and he's got a lot of mileage on him. Who knows what he's going to be? However, Zion, you talk about injury risk, is the you know, look it up in in the dictionary. The ultimate injury risk, right? But I, I I'll take Zion. Sure, okay. Zion. Ernest, you're up. You know, even Coach K says Zion's not in shape. So we know Paul Ooh. George is a proven commodity. Ooh, I know Paul shade. George. Yeah, you like Paul George. You know, the horrible, who can forget that horrible uh, injury Paul George with, had with his leg? I mean, to see that happen, to see him come back this far, and I had sh- shoulder surgery for um, rotator cuff, and that was the hardest recovery I've ever had compared to my knee surgery, compared to other surgeries I've had. So I can't imagine what Paul George is going through. So the last comparison we have is just for fun. You guys can rip on these guys or laugh at with their potential. I don't know. Maybe ben bring up something Simmons. I don't know. No, not Ben Simmons. <laughs> okay, I think I'm starting with David, if I think I'm correct here. Uh, David, Chris Paul or Lonzo Ball? <laughs> Chris Paul. Chris Paul. I was actually I was listening to the Zach Lowe podcast, awesome NBA podcast, um, and, and he had Kevin Arnovitz on. Who's, a, who's an NBA writer? And Arnovitz looked up the stat in the in the 2010s, from 2010 to 2019, win shares per game is an advanced stat metric. Uh, basically, it's it's a way to calculate how good of a player is, how much they contribute Nerd to alert. each Nerd alert. Yeah, Chris Paul is actually tied with LeBron James for the most win shares of any player in the 2010s decade. Chris Paul is. So he's failed big time in the playoffs. Blinken Lonzo Ball has never even made the playoffs. Lonzo Ball has been on literally the worst NBA team <laughs> over the past two, three years, two years. Um, so, so you're saying so this yeah, is easy. I am saying Chris Paul is is a top five point guard of all time, let alone even at 34. I'm still taking Chris Paul. Ernest. Can I have a choice of neither? <laughs> You've got a beat-up 35-year-old point guard who's getting paid $35 million this year. Or you've got a guy who's never been a legitimate starter who's a creation of his dad's imagination. Uh, uh, this is truly the definition of the lesser of two evils. Whoa, 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 whoa. I think if you, put, if you put Chris Paul on the Kawhi Leonard plan, I think he's, you know, if you just save him for the playoffs, unwrap him in the playoffs... Let's have, let's have a list of guys who don't want to play with Chris Paul. Obviously, LeBron, uh, Blake Griffin, uh, James Harden. I mean, this guy, obviously, uh, the original New Orleans Pelicans who traded him away. I mean, this guy is a, he's a locker room cancer. He's overpriced. Okay. And and should I say Chris person. Paul or Kyrie? Would that have been a better comparison? Uh, yeah, I'd take Kyrie. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. 
Chris I'll Paul. Take, I would take Ben Simmons for that. Oh, oh, I had to get Ben Simmons hey, in there. Chris Paul, he, he played in New Orleans, but his first two seasons in the NBA were in Oklahoma City because of Hurricane Katrina. Random thing. Oh. This actually is kind of a reunion for him. Uh, it's because of his teams that Oklahoma City ever got the Thunder in the first place. So I think that's kind of a fun little factoid trivia question there. So I think he actually spends the year in Oklahoma City. Anyways, continue. continue. All right, Nate, you have your option. You can either compare Chris Paul with Lonzo Ball or Chris Paul with Kyrie. Uh, well, let's say I, I, I'm not a big fan of Chris Paul. He's kind of got the firefighter schedule, right? One game on, one game off, one game on, one game off his whole career. Um, I, I just I don't like the fact that he's just always injured crunch time. So um, I, I, I have no doubt that he's talented at some point but he's got to stay on the court a little bit longer i don't like state farm so that that's another <laughs> cross against him so uh i and lonzo ball i mean i think i think on a different team we'll see what he can do um i think the fact that his dad big baller brand is is capsizing is going is going to close shutter close the stores whatever it is i think that's kind of funny to me so i think his dad will be a little bit more toned down than he was He's in a new city. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would take Lonzo Ball. Um, I don't like Kyrie either. Kyrie's kind of the same thing with me. With, he's, he, he will be injured um, by the time you need him in crunch time in the playoffs. So him and Paul, nope. Yeah. I'll just I'll take, I'll take Ball over that. Yeah, I'll take Chris Paul because my name is Paul and I like the State Farm commercials. I actually like the State Farm commercials. <laughs> All right. Do you know how bad it is? <laughs> Is Miami would only sign, would only take Chris Paul on a trade if Oklahoma sends back all the draft picks that Miami has sent to them. Mm. Wow, that is pretty bad. I did see that report that Oklahoma City is having a hard time moving him. Well, guys, we're going to jump over to our sports tradition uh, questions because I spent a lot of time on that, man. I want, I want to get your reactions to this, and then if we have time, we'll double back to baseball. So. Once again, I'm going to give you uh, your choice on some sports traditions, and uh, we're going to start with David. You ready, David? I'm ready. And, and we're going to go around the horn. Would you rather listen to Are You Ready for Some Football, the Monday Night Football theme, Forever, or March Madness, One Shining Moment? One Shining Moment. One Shining Moment. Really? If that song does not make you cry at some point in your life, you're living life wrong. Come on, as a little boy, man, you used to love one that. Are you ready for some football? Oh, don't sing. We'll lose everybody listening. All right, hurry, Ernest, weigh in on this. Uh, Monday Night Football. I mean, that's longer. I mean, and I've got a team that's won three championships that are in that one shining moment. But Monday Night Football. I mean, I go back to Howard Cosell, Danny Don oh, Meredith, Greg. Keith Jackson. So that's that's been a tradition in my life since 1970 and you got to have hank williams jr singing that or it doesn't make sense nate i know you like both songs which one would you prefer uh well i mean as long as i have the video to go with one shining moment i would take one shining moment because i get goosebumps watching that every time so i I would have to say that um but i only with the video you take away the The video i don't know the toss-up and there you are i know without the video sort of hokey i think all right, Nate, you ready for the next question? Wait, 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 wait Dad, right, what tradition would you pick? I'm going to go with Monday Night Football just because March, One Shining Moment does not stand on its own. You have to have a video with it. And uh, Monday Night Football always was so great. When that was the only pro football game you could see in the evenings, there wasn't Sunday Night Football, there wasn't any Thursday Night Football. 
Monday Night Football was awesome. It extended the weekend. You get home, and for just a little bit after a hard day, you kick back and just get really enjoy that and get a little drama in the... Uh, Paul, what uh, network? Answer. What network was Monday Night Football on before it was on ESPN? Don't answer, Ernest. ABC. All right. So I want to see if you knew that. I knew oh. Ernest knew it. Yeah, I just yeah. Let's see if you remember. No, no, I was around. I was around when the Apollo Eleven went up. That tells you how old I am. So I was watching Monday Night Football when John Lennon was killed. Howard yeah, Cosell came on the air. Yeah. It was uh, Dolphins and Jets. Mm-hmm. It was a tough moment. Anyways, we'll get moving on. Nate, I got a question for you. Ready? These are right. f- famous um, s- things they say to start an athletic event. Would you rather hear, gentlemen, start your engines or let's get ready to rumble? I'll say let's get ready to rumble. I'm not into stock car racing yet. I'm just not into it yet. I, I've, I did the Indy, Tour, Indy 500 track i got to ride on the little bus shuttle that you go around the track once nice. saw the little brickyard fi- finish line but just just haven't really gotten to that sport yet so i'll just say ready to rumble that's kind of a classic yeah it's gotta definitely. be that guy that does it. i forget the guy's michael name, buffer. michael buffer he's copyrighted it and he sued other um companies who've used it as a as a trademark <laughs> infringement you know i do have to say after a long weekend of drinking and eating poor food when I get up in the morning on Monday morning, I feel like I kind of say that before, before the plot, right? Ooh, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> David, what do you think? The rumble bumble guts. Um, yeah, let's get ready to rumble. That's, that's iconic. Everyone start your engines. It's so loud. No one actually hears it. A person doesn't even hear themselves saying it. Let's get ready to rumble all day. Ernest, you agree with these guys? Oh, Michael Buffer all the way. I even liked the cameo in uh, his movie Don't Mess with a Zohan, where he plays a megalomanic real estate owner in New York City. Uh, Michael Buffer, he actually has his brother go out uh, and do it at lesser boxing matches. <laughs> he uses his brother as a, a, a surrogate. With Jose Canseco's brother, actually the same boxing match right there. Wow. Well, you know, that really started with, uh, what's the comedian used to smash the uh, watermelons with the big hammer? Oh, Gallagher. Yeah, Gallagher used to send his brother, two of his brothers out dressed like him, and he would do it also. <laughs> it's franchising, I guess. Wow. Was Michael Buffer in any of the Rocky movies as an announcer? You know? Yes, I think he's in the last two or last. He's in uh, uh, Rocky Three with Clubber Lane, mm-hmm. uh, with James Brown, with uh, Coming to America, where, spoiler alert, Apollo Creed does. Wow, what if a bummer 40 about years that. ago, if you haven't seen that movie, Creed All right. dies. All right, I agree with you guys. Um, the next one, I'm going to start with Ernest. Would you rather like to see hockey playoff beards or baseball when the whole team wears the same number to honor a player like the Angels did with Tyler Skaggs? Well, since that's only happened one time, and the amazing part about that game wasn't so much the wearing the jersey, it was the no-hitter. Yeah, crazy. And, 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 and Skaggs' mother throwing out the first ball and then putting all the jerseys on the mound. That was such a one-time occasion. And I, it's, the beard, I'm used to the beard, but that, that since that happened once, and that seemed to be a very organic situation, I'll go with the, the honoring of, of Tyler Skaggs. Mm-hmm. This was a weird combination, I get it. Nate, what do you think? Well, I mean, it's you're right with the, with the thing with Skaggs is pretty 
pretty cool what happened. Um, and obviously they were 42 on Jackie Robinson day. Um, so they do technically do that once a year, at least at minimum the teams do, but I, I like the playoff beards. I think that's kind of a cool tradition. No other sport does that. And it's just as every round, as they go every round, the beards just get longer and longer. So by the time they're, you know, holding the cup up, drinking out of the cup, they got that grizzly beard. So I think, I think it's a cool tradition. Um, so I'll, I'll say the, the playoff beards, mm-hmm. David. Yeah, I think the playoff beards are pretty cool, especially I think it's kind of fun. You can tell how how grizzly and veteran a lot of the NHL players are, but there's always at least one or two guys who are, you know, Sidney Crosby types when they're really young and playing in the playoffs and they're mm-hmm. one of the studs on the teams and they grow a beard kind of like I still do at 28 where it doesn't it's not really a beard as much as just like a facially challenged you're saying. I am very much here. Like quite the guy patchy. from Scooby Doo. What's his name? The shaggy guy, shaggy, the shaggy, shaggy yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's just just a foot shorter than him. Uh, well, I did, yes, yes, that's that's right. I, I did I like watch one highlight from the ESPYS, and the Blues won a, a award, and one of the Blues hockey players went up. He still had his beard. He said, "Just a second, and he pulls out his front tooth before he speaks, and everybody cracks up. <laughs> and it was such you know, hockey humor, right? Um, Okay, we're going to go on to the next one about celebrations. And this is what was be... yours, Paul? Paul, what was yours? Did we, yeah, did we say yours? You know, I think I'm going to stick with the playoff beards, too. I think uh, the Angels thing with Tyler Skaggs was so unusual. We still don't know what really happened to that guy. Uh, and it was so unusual, all the numbers that just lined up just right for that night. Uh, and then Trout just hitting so well. It was a great day. But I like to ha- watch the hockey playoff beards because – I. I can turn on the TV. I haven't paid attention at all, and I can just tell how far they are in the playoffs by how long their beards are. So I think that's sort of cool. All right, we're going to start with uh, who's the one I start with this one, guys? Nate. Nate, would you all rather right. do the Lambo leap? Would you think that's a better tradition, or when uh, Wrigley Field bleacher bums throw back the home run balls of the other team? Uh, I like the Wrigley Field. I like that tradition of throwing back the the opposing team's ball. That's pretty cool. I think a lot of stadiums have adopted that, but I like the uh, throw it back. Plus, in the movie Rookie of the Year, that's that's how Henry Rohrengardner gets <laughs> it's uh, discovered. So I like it. Nice. I remember that movie. It was very cool. David, uh, us Lions fans, oh, don't ha- have, have a saying with the Packers, and it's not even a saying. It's just acronym. FTP. The rest of the NFL has kind of picked up on that. Never the Lambo leap. Always throw the ball back. Uh, never, never anything to do with the Packers or Aaron Rodgers. Ever. <laughs> a little ever. bitter, I think. Overrated. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Overrated. All right, Ernest. Next. Pull us up. Well, here. see, I've I've got a problem here because I've done the Lambo leap. Uh, I did the tour with my brother-in-law and his father. His father's a tough guy. He had a heart attack halftime between the 49ers and Packers and stay for the rest of the game. Wow. Uh, They got in the stands and let me jump, and they caught me. Were there lower stands for you to do that? Was it lower fence? Yeah, they let you get down on the field. But, I mean, don't you need a lower fence to jump over it? Was it the Lambo? He's thrown off on my right now. Was it the Lambo leap or the Lambo lean? Oh, it was. was I left the ground. Okay. Are you sure? Okay. I was not earthbound, (laughs) and they caught me. And they're both together, but my side of the hip, both of them together, and realized one of them had a heart attack beforehand. Uh, Since I've done the leap, 
I'll have to go with throwing the ball back. So, because I haven't done that yet. Okay. I like throwing the ball back. I like that whole attitude. This. You can take this dumb ball and throw it back. It's more important my team wins than having this ball. It's just, I love the attitude of that. It's very cool. Okay. I will say the only caveat to that is if there's a kid near you, oh. it's supporting the opposing team. Yeah. You catch the ball, you give the ball to the kid. Definitely. That's kind of the unwritten rule. You can't. Yeah. Quick. Can't quick. Otherwise, I it. All three of you. You're in the field. You caught. It's the only time you've ever caught a home run in your life. Are you going to throw it back? I'd keep it. Would if I was a back? Cubs fan, if I was a true Cubs fan, not the ones that jumped on board five, six years ago, <laughs> if I was a true Cubs fan, I would throw it, throw it back unless, like I just said, Let's say Mike, Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Other... Mike no, Trout. if there's an Angels, if there's a fan there, that's an it's an Angels fan. That's a kid. I give him the ball. Otherwise, I throw it back. They they do this at Tigers games too. I I just think it must have started with Chicago. But if I'm at a Tigers game and someone else hits the ball, unless it's Ken Griffey Jr. or something like that. <laughs> wow, what a throwback! I see. I, I saw Ken Griffey Jr. hit a home run at like 36. He was playing with the Reds in Detroit. Random. Still one of the sweetest swings. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I've had a heart. Really, if I caught it once in my life, I'd catch it, to be honest with you. I'd really be tempted to keep it. I'll call you Ernest Bartman Watts, huh? Yes, yes. And next day you'll see it listed on eBay for $500. All right, David, we're on to the the next part. You you just want to catch it. That's the moment you want. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a few major league balls at home. That I've gotten from like you know the bullpen or something like that. So to me, it's like unless it's significant home run ball or something, you know, just catching it would be exciting, and then mm-hmm. disposing of it. Fine. So Paul, your choice. I'm going to take. I already said throwing back the home run ball. I, that's what okay. I would prefer. I like the attitude of that. David, we got a football question for you, and the other guys can. This is about celebration with animals, and that sounds really strange. But college football is a tradition of. The Auburn War Eagle flying down on the field before the game, or the Colorado Buffalo, would they have Ralphie the Buffalo run all around the field with two, just two guys on either side? Which one do you think you like better? I am going to take the Buffalo, only because a Buffalo could potentially run over anyone on the field, that, that stampede anyone. But I'm not trusting the eagle to fly over my head and potentially see something he likes. You know, maybe I'm in a hot dog while he's flying around. Or drop something. And, you know, those eagles have some claws. I just, I just don't trust eagles. You know, the, the buffalo can only get so far around if anything bad happens. Uh, eagle can fly and go after you, and I'm taking the buffalo. Ernest. Definitely. I'm taking the eagle. I've seen that Colorado buffalo get out of control and stop over a couple of guys. Yeah. Those things are, they're like a ton. I mean, they're big, big beasts, like a duck, an eagle. I mean, hey, you're at Auburn. You're in the heart of Southern country. Somebody in that stadium's got a gun if that eagle comes forward. <laughs> <laughs> this is the guy I'm just looking for. It's hunting uh, season. I ain't, I ain't seen a dove that big in my life. Crack. Oh. Positive that's a federal offense. If you shoot, <laughs> you shoot a ball. Not in the south. Not in the south. I thought you were going to say somebody has a better food than you that the Eagles can no, go no, after. No, there's somebody loaded, and it's hunting season, and that's the that's the biggest dove I've ever seen in my life, Bubba. I'm, he's dead. He looked good above my fireplace. Nate, I don't know how you follow that, but you got it. Well, you know, I, I they're both kind of cool traditions, but 
let's let's put it let's put it this way. If if I'm on the field and I'm the opposing team and the other team's mascot's gonna go after me, if I Eagles coming after me, I got a helmet on, I got pads. That's, I mean, I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna survive that. But if there's a buffalo, guess what? A buffalo can stampede me no matter what I'm wearing. So if I'm, if I'm gonna be intimidated, it's probably gonna be looking at the other, looking at uh, sharing a hundred yards of <laughs> with a buffalo. It's it's gonna make me uh, check my check my drawers a couple times. So sure. You remember when Uga took a bite out of that wide receiver from Auburn? I was going to go there. You knew I was going to go I'm there. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Go for it. You, what was the team? Do you remember the team that? It was Auburn. It was a uh, wide receiver <laughs> for Auburn, and he scored a touchdown, and he went over there and ran towards Uga, and the game was at Georgia between the hedges. And Uga took it, which, you know, I think we're <laughs> up on Uga 7 now, Uga 8. And, and uh, he took a nice little bite out of his calf. That's like 31 and. In- NBA years, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's just that's a great that's a great mascot right there. Yeah, he's an air conditioned doghouse. It's nice. on a bag of ice. Yes. Him. All right, we're going on to the next one. Ernest is another college football pick. Which is a better tradition in Death Valley when they touch Howard's Rock in Clemson, or the Florida State Un- Florida State University Chief Asalola and the Flaming Spear? Again, this is easy because I've run down the hill and I've touched Howard's Rock. Uh, the Panthers played their first season at Clemson Stadium, and I got the opportunity to do that. The Florida State has a a, a deal with the Seminole Tribe, and they actually honor the tribe, and there is a donation they give every year. So I love that, not only the fact that Florida State, when they win a road game, they cut a piece of the turf out, of the vi- the team that they're visiting, and they take it back, and they have a graveyard in the oh, corner of the football stadium. Wow, I never heard that before. All right, yeah, all the big wins, like at Miami or someone, they oh, cut a piece of the turf out and take it back. That artificial turf doesn't grow so well, does it? No, no, no. I think it dies very well either. <laughs> Just gets dried up. <laughs> Always great. Low maintenance. Low maintenance. Nate, what do you think? Uh well, I, I, both are kind of cool. I think as a kid, I actually liked the uh, Seminole um, when the game started because I used to kind of watch the Seminoles a lot. They were on there, you know, Charlie back in the day when Charlie Ward was the QB and then he went and played with the Knicks um, after winning the Heisman. But uh, I like the Howard's Rock. I think that's kind of a cool little tradition. And obviously with Clemson being as good as they are right now, I think it gets a little bit more press. So I, I think it's kind of cool because the whole team gets to do it as opposed to one mascot doing something. The whole team runs by and rubs the rock. Um, it's kind of like, you know, hitting the play like a champion sign. It's kind of a cool tradition that the whole team does. So mm. I'm all about the team. So I like, I like the, uh, the rock. I wonder if there's any videos of like people wiping out down the hill, like trainers. And oh, I'm other sure. People. David. I'm sure, I'm sure. So the thing about the Seminoles, you know, the Seminole tribe never actually lost any ground. Uh, so, so the, there's, there's a lot of cool things going on there with, with the Indian respecting the Seminole uh, spear and whatnot. Uh, I think that's a super, super cool tradition. Howard's Rock is cool, but that would be a detraction for me. Like you just said, I really wouldn't want to be wearing cleats and going down that hill, you know, with with seventy five thousand people watching me and then however many million on TV watching me. Because you know, if you if you ever slip, if you ever fall, you're being gift forever. <laughs> Gift-gift. Gift, gift. Yeah. You're there on Twitter for, for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You, know how, you know how it got its name, Howard's Rock. 
former football coach was Frank Howard. And he had someone gift him. It was actually a, a, a rock. Door holder. Yeah, a rock from Death Valley in California. And he used it as a, to hold his door open. And then he got the idea of putting it down when the field, when they added the second level to the field, then they put it on there. And they actually have a uh, guard that guards it all hours of the night. So a rival like Miami or Florida State or South, South Carolina, Carolina can yeah. steal it. I think both of them are really good visually. I just think Florida State is more unique, and I'll just go that way. Nate, I got another one for you here, and it's about a trophy, individual trophy. Would you, you Do you like the Masters Green Jacket more than the Super Bowl ring? Which one do you think is cooler? The, uh, the jacket. I like the jacket because that's the only trophy. I mean, that's the only sport where you get a jacket outside of, like, what, the Hall of Fame's. Um, so I like, I like the jacket. I think it's very unique. I think it's cool that they have like what the top five players have to get measured before the, um, the round starts and they have it ready for you. So they have to like, you know, make sure they get the right one. That's a cool, that's a cool thing. Um, I like, I like the green jacket over the Super Bowl. I mean, the Super Bowl ring, every, every sport gets the ring, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. the, the masters is pretty cool and, um, yeah, tradition unlike any other, right? All right, Jim Nance. Totally. Totally. David. Yeah, I agree with Nate because it's such a unique club. You know, someone like Tiger Woods doesn't win the green jacket for 15 years, and then they still have to put it on him and you have to see if it fits or not. So well, that's a he has a cool different thing. size now, I think, than it used to be. Well, he bulked up and then he slimmed back down. Just the fact that it's the same jacket, there's some history there, and the fact that it's always there in Augusta, unless you're Gary Player. You accidentally wear it onto the plane back to Australia <laughs> right, yeah. or South Africa. Um, yeah, Tiger Woods is the man. The green jacket is awesome. I think the green jacket is easily the best. Ernest. Green jacket. Uh, hey, how special can a Super Bowl ring be? Vladimir Putin has one. So, you know, <laughs> really? Give, yeah. You know what? He uh, depends on the story. No, he <laughs> got it from uh, Rob, Bob Kraft. Bob Kraft says he slipped it off his finger, but Bob Kraft supposedly gave one to Putin in a meeting. So, yeah, Bob Putin has one of Bob Kraft's Super Bowl rings. Google it. Google it. Google has everything. Not only that, the film crew gets a ring. The 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 guys doing the camera. I mean, it's it's all right. It's so it's an easy value. choice. I agree. Yeah. The master screen jacket's very cool. Ernest, this one's for you because I know you've been to one of these places. Would you rather go to a Hall of Fame ceremony at Cooperstown or a Hall of Fame ceremony at Canton, Ohio? Oh, tough choice. I would guess because we're losing a lot of them real soon. Cooperstown. You and, mean? And, just people are dying off. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, a lot of well, a lot of players that I grew up watching. The the Frank Robinson, we just lost him. I mean, uh, again, Hank Aaron. I mean, there's the guys that I grew up football players <laughs> die a lot earlier. Uh, I think you also get a lot more of the people that the history of the sport and everything. Cooperstown, but that's a hard choice. Mm, Nate. Uh, I would say I'd want to see Canton because I know right after that, that weekend is the uh, first Hall of Fame, yeah. the Hall of Fame game, and it's the first football when you're just dying to see football. So I, I think because they're together, I, I'd, I'd say Canton. But, he, I mean, you can't go wrong with either one. Yeah, I, I agree that um, both of them are great. I think baseball does a better job of 
letting each people talk, I think, longer. But with football, they always have somebody that introduces them. And I like the idea that you'll see some type of football game right after. But I would go to either one. Um, and there's been a few times I think, oh, could we go and see like Ripken when he went? Yeah. And, and the fans, when they turn out, make it extra special. David, between the Hall of Fame ceremony at Cooperstown or the Hall of Fame ceremony at Canton, which one would you pick? Cooperstown, because even though baseball is the sport that is the most boring to me now in 2019, I, I think the history of baseball, the connection of a player and his community, like Cal Ripken Jr., you were saying, is so cool and deeply ingrained. Where football players, unless you're Tom Brady, you know, you're going to change teams a couple times, you're not going to play as long as in baseball. I, I go Cooperstown. Okay. All right, so we're moving on to the next one. Uh, the next one is sort of celebration, it, definitely celebration. And um, we'll start with uh, Ernest on this one. Cutting down the nets in basketball or the football Gatorade bath? You know that Gatorade is sticky and it's cold and it's always you're playing games in January. <laughs> so the net, and it's real neat because that means you've won a national championship to do Gatorades during playoff games. And guys get to cut off a small piece of that net, and they put it in their hat. So definitely cutting down the net. Mm. Nate? Yeah, I'll say cutting down the net. I think um, the fact that you get to take it home, I don't think you'd take home the Gatorade. You probably get – maybe if <laughs> yeah, it's your first right. championship, you don't wash the shirt, but you're going to have ants in your closet. So you might, you're probably going to have <laughs> to wash it. Right? So, yeah, but I, I, like the, I like the net. You get to keep it. You get to, like Ernest said, you get to put it in the hat. Um, that's something you get to keep the rest of your life. You talk about a ring or that piece of the net. I think, I think that that's pretty cool. So I also the net. David, you gonna make it three for three? Uh, I gotta. The Gatorade is a cool tradition, and if you're a coach who's worked really hard, that is like one of those moments that you've, you've made it, right? But you can shadow box, uh, you know, the the net, you know, put it with some, put it with a brochure or something, you know, from the game, and a program. I mean. It's just so cool. It is so cool, and it's just a very unique basketball thing that right. is awesome. And I agree. You know what would be really cool? You know be really cool is if you have that net and you marry a girl named Annette. Uh, Annette. It took this long. It took us forty minutes for Nate to do a dad joke. I wondered I when it would finally get there. Uh, Ernest is our Mister All-Knowing Trivia Guy. So I did research on this, Ernest. What state started this tradition of cutting down the nets? playing basketball the state championship at this in this state started this tradition in the 1920s i'm probably going to be way off but two of the most famous high school tournaments are indiana illinois because illinois actually came up with the name final four and stood for that right for a long time but i'm gonna go with because they have such a tradition i'll say indiana wait you wait, are let right. us guess Oh, I was gonna let us. Okay, yeah, I was no. gonna say Massachusetts. No, no, I know because that's where I was gonna started. say it sounds like an Indiana thing. Yeah, it is an Indiana thing. And then in 1939, the NCAA basketball tournament, um, North Carolina State coach was the first one to do it in the NCAA. And I think it's an awesome tradition to see all the players go up and cut their little piece and tie it onto a hat. I think it's one of the most awesome traditions. Yeah, the, the coach was Everett Case, right? Yes, yeah. I was reading something about him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But that, was, that was college. That wasn't high, that was high, that wasn't high school though. That right? was that college. Was, that's why. Yeah. That's why we don't have the metal nets like we do on the playground. It's <laughs> so hard to cut those. Oh man, I was actually shooting some hoops uh, about a week or so ago at my community basketball 
poop. And nothing's worse when you go, and not only do they have the metal nets, but they have the double rims. They've mm-hmm. welded oh, two yeah, rims like together. Yeah. So everything bounces like a Super Bowl out of there. And I was like, come on. you know? I mean, how hard are we going to play with this? All right, our last segment is about the Major League Baseball season so far. And just to get warmed up, and then I'm going to ask you guys what's the best thing you've seen this year. I saw a picture today of Bryce Harper, who plays for the Phillies, trying to be such a homer. He was wearing a Philly Fanatic headband. So after he hit a home run, he threw off his helmet, and he, everybody sees his Philly Fanatic headband. And I was thinking, what looks do not look good in baseball? And I thought about Manny Ramirez's baggy uniform. So remember how baggy his uniform looked? He looked always bad. Or guys that wear eye black all over their face like a pro wrestler. Um, or Randy Johnson's mullet. I mean, come on, man. Mullet, really? Or you know, ba- you know what was funny is Buck Showalter was the Dimebacks manager, and he had this rule about everybody, every player had to be clean cut. And when they were trying to scout or trying to get Randy Johnson, Buck Showalter made the exception so that he could keep his <laughs> hair and facial hair and his mullet because he didn't want to risk not getting Randy Johnson. That was the first one in Buck Showalter's to make the exception, that was just a funny fact. And he's still Smart managing man. today. Crazy. No, he's not. Oh, he got he's fired not. from the Oreos last year? last year? Yeah, yeah I got fired last year. All right. And then, speaking of Oreos, back in 1971, they wore all orange uniform. And the Phillies were all red. and the wine, same. Yeah, wine colored. Those were horrible. Wine colored. Yeah, but let me throw another one there. With the Padres. I, well, Obviously, no, brown. 1977, oh, yeah. the White Sox wore shorts. Yes, that was the ultimate. Yes, that was not, Or Johnny Damon was the first one to wear the Jesus look or the caveman look. Depends on what you want to pick. Long hair, long beard, and now it looks like everybody's doing it. Um, Actually, Bill Lee, when he was with the Expos, had oh, the long hair and the beard. That's true. Spaceman, Bill Lee. There you go. So, guys, what's the best thing you've seen this year in baseball? Did they, Ernest? Well, we already mentioned that the honoring uh, that uh, the Skanks honoring with the Angels, but I have just truly been amazed. Mike Trout, every time you see him play, I mean, he is he is the modern day Mickey Mantle. Uh, for those of you not old enough to remember what Mickey Mantle was, him and the Minnesota Twins, who are probably going to break the all time record for home runs. Okay, Nate. Well, Ernest kind of took the end of it at the end of his, but I was going to say the Minnesota Twins. I kind of feel like they were. Never really relevant, um, but you know I think they're averaging what five point nine runs per game. They got the highest slugging percentage, um, and they're they're like half of what the Red Sox pay for a payroll, right? Like the mm-hmm. the the Red Sox are over two hundred million, and I think the Twins are like one hundred and twenty one million, give or take. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's to me that's kind of a cool tradition. I, I mean, the Skags thing, I wouldn't say that's the best thing I've seen all year because of the circumstances of it, but. That was that was really cool. What happened um, after the fact with with the no hitter and the jerseys, with like we've talked about. But uh, overall, I think the Twins. I, I have to, I do have to say that I'm excited that Harper is not doing that well in Philly <laughs> um, for the Nats fans because I, I do I kind of feel as though I'm a secondary Nats fan. I got into a lot of Nats games second to the Diamondbacks, so um, I was kind of bummed when he left. But I'm really glad he's not doing well in Philly, and I'm glad the Nats are actually doing well without him. So. David, any good things well, you've seen in baseball this year? We we did not coordinate this beforehand, but I was going to say the Minnesota Twins. That's I got it pulled up right here. You know, thirty-seven-year-old manager Rocco Baldelli, the pride of Woonsocket, Rhode Island, 
the former manager, Tampa Bay Ray. Former Tampa Bay Ray. He's in. He's in backyard baseball. Two thousand and uh, like four or five as one of the as one of the player representatives for the for the Rays. He also played for the Red Sox, I think, for for a brief period of time. Anyways, him. You know, they've got thirty eight year old Nelson Cruz on the team. Uh, who's crushing his 18 home runs already. They have 25-year-old Jorge Polanco on the other side of the scale, who's supposed to be one of the up-and-coming players in Major League Baseball right now, uh, leading the team. So it's it's just fun. You know, their pitching staff is doing well enough. Every single player, every single pitcher in the rotation has eight wins, uh, except for Michael Pinata. So, like, they're, they're a good team. They're, they're just a solid team out of nowhere. And any time the Indians can be prevented from winning... Uh, but we're we're in good hands. So that's, well, a little that's right. trivia: They are the first major league team to pull their pitching coach from college ranks. He was the pitching coach for the University of Missouri, and this is the first time. Usually, pitching coaches are the manager's best friends, and they're a very analytic, leaning team. Their GM, who's been there three years, really believes uh, very hard on analytics. And I'm just gonna say, I love the story of Scherzer. Even though he busted up his face playing uh, doing bunny exercises, he still pitched. Um, so that was yeah. Still and you hard. know what? You know what was what was bad about Scherzer is he ended up playing that, that game with three different color eyes, and the the batters were getting really upset with that. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> bum, bum, bum. The second dad joke of the day. All right, guys, we're gonna go around the horn. I guess we can still say that. And yeah. Ernest, your last words. Uh, this Saturday, July 20th, will be the 50th anniversary of Man Landing the Moon, Michael Collins, Buzz Aldrin, who are still alive, and the late Neil Armstrong. Uh, it, take the time, look over the documentaries. That is, I'm 63 years old, and that was the only, ever, only time in my lifetime when this world, yes, this world was united together. And I remember I was playing football in Dover, Delaware, tossing football with my father. We listened to it at uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon when they landed, and we stayed up to 10 o'clock to listen to the words of Neil Armstrong saying, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. There you go. Nate, sounds like that experience Sounds like that experience was out of this world. Oh. Um, no, I, I think I'll kind of throw this out there. I kind of mentioned in our uh, Trumbull Dads podcast, but I just kind of figured I'll throw it on here for this audience. Um, but uh, congrats to the U.S. women's national team. And not only that, but the goalie, the Alyssa Nair um, for Team USA that had the critical stop in the finals too, um, she actually went to high school here in Trumbull at the Christian Heritage School here, and she grew wow. up uh, the town over. So. That was kind of cool. She's got a couple billboards up in uh, in town already, but uh, just wanted to say congrats and a uh, little little Trumbull trivia right there. So that's that's kind of cool. I mean, we were rooting for Team USA anyway, but kind of cool to see that uh, somebody from Trumbull was uh, enjoying that. David, yes, um, she has the best Instagram stories of them partying in the in the locker room. By the way, like they party as hard as any men's champions. Uh, fun, fun video to watch. Um, college football is in the air. It's coming. You know, this is the week traditionally that NCAA football, the video game was released. I know this because many times it ended up being on my birthday or the day after or the day after. And I dragged my dad, my very good father to GameStop to wait in line to pick up NCAA football. 
or I'd go against my mother's wishes and ride my bike across some major roads <laughs> to get to GameStop when she wasn't home so I could pick up a copy of NCAA football uh, 2006, actually. Sorry, Mom. Um, uh, it was my freshman year in high school. I'll never forget it. So there we go. That's that's something uh, to think about. Uh, poor, poor NCAA football, the video game. Uh, and that's the, that's the longest reach I've ever heard for someone to get a happy birthday, David. So <laughs> collectively, let's all say happy, happy birthday, birthday, David. David. Yep. That's right. We're that's right. Two weeks away from the Hall of Fame game. August 1st, two weeks to football. Stick to Canadian football till then, folks. Uh, can't come soon enough as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to Pardon the Confusion. We enjoyed having you with us, and you can hear us on greatamericanman.org or sportscountry.net at 5 o'clock on most days. And if you have any questions or comments or what are you guys doing, thinking, just send it to contact at greatamericanman.org. <laughs> And so as we traditionally end it, I say good night. Das Vidanya. Adios, amigos. Or morning or night or breakfast. <laughs>